0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue now in a series we started um, just last week, and I'm calling it Vineyard Verses. Vineyard Verses. And what we're going to do is we're going to take some time to look at and hopefully uh, memorize some passages of Scripture that I think are foundational... ...to this Christian walk and life. And these are verses that I think are extremely helpful. And my, uh, my encouragement last week when we started was... ...I'm going to go through some passages of Scripture. We're going to do them a verse at a time. A week at a time, I'm going to explain them uh, as well as I can. And encourage you every week to memorize that verse... ...and do then sort of remember that you've memorized it. Uh, and um, uh, that it's a, it's a good thing to have. And that these foundational verses are anchor verses for your life... Um, I I think are important for us to have it, you know, just total recall on because they're that important uh, And I think they they fit into our lives that well so that that in the midst of our daily lives um, We can just get right to these passages of scripture and that they'll help us in a multitude of situations So I want to encourage you to try and commit them to memory and everybody here can still commit stuff to memory It's a little tougher as we get uh, a little more mature, but uh, (laughs) Is that a good way to say it? Um, uh, you know, cause like you get, you get a little kid to something to memorize and they're like, "Mm, they got it, but, uh, it's not quite, but if you'll take it and think about it every day and sort of just to get it through there and it's just a verse at a time and start putting them together, I think it'll be, be really helpful. And I've, remember I came up with a new sort of hand sign for this to help you remember. Do you remember what it was? There you go. And, uh, that's Vineyard Verses, uh. I love doing silly stuff like that and I know it's also live long and prosper but we're using it for vineyard verses help your the funniest thing last week was watching everybody try and do that because some people have a funny can't get this finger to cooperate and they were like eh there you go practice remember where that came from It's part of the Hebrew tradition over the pre I told you all that last week if you don't know what I'm talking about go watch last week's message um so we're going to learn these vineyard verses and that we do a lot of things to try and remember the important stuff. And, and I'm hoping that that helps uh, and that we can sort of really improve our memory and hold these things into context. That's the intro. Um, transition, usually. But I have a thought for you. Like, like right now, I'm having amnesia and deja vu at the same time. Like I think I've forgotten this before. Okay. I forgot to set the timer. That's how bad that is. Okay, so let's hop into our scripture reading. We're in this uh, passage um, over the next few weeks, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. 19 is what you should have memorized for last week. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, this is this week's verse, that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And blessed be the word of the Lord. As I said today, I want to really concentrate on Hebrews ten twenty by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is His body. So last week we had, you know, we started off, therefore brothers, or now the, the later NIV translation, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus. And we talked about that whole idea of what that looks like. And how amazing it is. That we have access to the, to the, the, the literal presence of the living God 24-7. We have access that, that, that in the Old Testament they couldn't even possibly imagine. And, and because of, of what Jesus has done. We now have this access to God based on what he's done. Not on what we've done. And, and we have confidence to enter into the, the most holy place, the throne room of God. And, and that that we need to remember that, we need to know that, we go boldly into the throne room, um, that, that God wants us there in relationship with Him. He's made it possible for us to be there in this relationship with Him and and that we, we take full advantage of what that means in our lives and that we're aware of the idea that the enemy is trying to keep us from that whole idea and that, that concept and living that way and he tries to pile on guilt and shame but, but it's, it's not about what, you know, our mess, our, our brokenness. It's about what Jesus has done for us that we have this access. And, and that's what the writer of Hebrews is going on to say here in, in Hebrews 10 verse 20. Um, all of this is made possible by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. Now, this curtain um, in the temple, um, there was this thick, thick curtain that separated the holy of holies, the most holy place from the, from the rest of everything that was going on in the temple and um, uh, there was access was not permitted behind this curtain except by the high priest and then only uh, a limited time, um, you, you know a lot of, say, a lot of people will say it was just once a year uh, because of the way it's written he might have had a little more access but not very often under a whole lot of circumstances and conditions uh, and, and it was only this one representative between God and man that could enter in and and that only every now and again Um, and and so that's why it's so amazing now that we have this complete all of us in Christ have this this access to God but something happened to make this access possible And it happens in part of the Easter story that we don't always get to. You know, generally when we talk about Easter, we talk about the the crucifixion and the resurrection all that happened. But at the point of Jesus' death, another amazing thing happened, Matthew 27, 50 and 51. And it says this, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rock split. At that moment, in a, in a very real way, this curtain in the temple was torn completely in two from top to bottom, just ripped up in an amazing way. And it was, a, it was an amazing event and it was a picture of, of uh, something very significant. You know, in the, in the book of Hebrews, the, the writer goes into great detail about the superiority of Christ and His ministry as High Priest when compared to the Levitical system and its priests so up until that point in time there was this lit- Levitical system based on the laws and and these priests who were overseeing it all who were constantly offering sacrifice to try and sort of keep everybody going but they they couldn't do the job they couldn't atone for sin they couldn't cover sin they couldn't they couldn't fix the issue but what Jesus did was different because now in him we have access that was never before made available in, in him as our high priest the writer of Hebrews goes on and says this I'll say the writer of Hebrews because we're not sure who wrote the book of Hebrews just in case there's there's a lot of debate about who wrote Hebrews some people think it was Paul and for a long time that was kind of the standard but it's not really believed that it was Paul anymore um, and so um, we're just not sure it could have been Apollos it could have been Luke there, there's quite a few possibilities for who it might have been but it's canon it's, it's part of the Holy Scripture and so I'll just say the writer of Hebrews for the process uh, Hebrews 6, 19 to 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so the, the priesthood of Christ supersedes that of the Levitical system. And so something changed Um, With the death and resurrection of Jesus and that Jesus now has gone behind the curtain if you would on our behalf and he serves as our high priest but the tearing of the curtain signified the start of Jesus ministry as high priest and is what gives us this access now to the most holy place, that, that, that Jesus has made a way, that the, the curtain really, you know, separated because of our sin, kept us separate, but now, because in Christ, and I, I say this like God sees us now in the perfection of His Son, we have access uh, into this very situation, and so... What's, what's happened now is that there's this whole new way of living in Christ, and that's what the, the, the writer is talking about in verse 20. There's this this new and living way. There's this whole new way of living uh, that's available to us as followers of Jesus Christ. And so let's break that down and talk about it together here now. So point number one in your notes is it's new. This is a new thing. This is an amazing thing. This is... Uh, uh, this is good news. That's what we talk about here all the time. This is the good news. Uh, Paul says in Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. God is in the new business. Now, this is a reality, and this is where we, we, you know, we really have to begin to think about what's going on. We've been made new in Christ. And, and that has to do with the, the, the reality that we've been justified, so God sees us in the perfection of his Son as if we'd never sinned. We still know that we're not there yet. Um, and, and, and that's also part of what's going on. We're in the process of being sanctified. Uh, and, and that the Holy Spirit is working in us in that process, and will continue until Jesus comes back for us. But already, because of what's taken place, God sees us in the perfection of his Son, and so if anyone is in Christ, and that's what that means, in Christ now, we're seen um, as already having arrived, even though we're still at work. It's because of the amazing grace of God. And, and we have to begin to think about that, that that that's the reality of what's happening. So, so people would say, well, okay, I'm a new creation, but I don't always feel all that new. I get it. But you, are, you have to know that you're a new creation because of what Christ has done. Because of that's how God sees you now. is he sees you in Christ. And when he sees you, the old is gone and the new has come because he sees you in Christ. That's, your, that's the, the standard of your relationship with the holy God when you're in his presence. Uh, and this is, you know, what God's up to. He's in the new business. In Revelation one five. It said, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Don't you like that? I am making everything new. I am making everything new. Now that word everything, we've talked about that from time to time. Um, If you were to look up everything in the dictionary, you know what it would mean? Everything. Good. Everything. I'm making everything new, he said. And, and in, including us. And, and see, that whole idea has to resonate with us. And that's why I think these verses are so important. These are, my, these are the first verses I go to in the morning. I have, I have confidence to enter in the, into the throne room of God. Very important for me to understand. Not based on my performance, but based on Him. And, and that He's making everything new. And, and for me, that's every day is a new start. I like that. Because I, I make, I, still, I don't know about you, but I still make a lot of messes. Isn't it good? Isn't it great that, that you get it? Like as you wake up and it's like it's a brand new, it's a new day. I get a new start. I get brand new mercies because I need them all over again. It's 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 this fascinating cosmic do-over that happens, and I believe it happens every every day. I get a new start. I get a new opportunity, a new chance, a, a, a new beginning because he's in the new business. And and you know I've explained this before. We I, as as kids. We had a concept, we had a thing, so kids have changed now over time, so I have to go to this. When I was a kid, we played neighborhood games constantly. Um, we were out with the rest of the neighborhood kids, and we, we played games, we, you know, hide-and-seek and, you know, tag and, uh, you know, just a multitude of outside games because we didn't have all the fun video games, and so we were out and about. And, and, um, and you have a group of kids, and a game would start, and invariably, the game would start, and someone would be out almost immediately. And that was disappointing because this game was going to go on for a while and they wouldn't want to be out. So they would go, hey, I'd like a do-over. And, and everybody else would go, yeah, okay, because we all wanted do-overs ourselves. And so do-overs were, were fairly common. And uh, in golf now, they call that a mulligan. How many of you, any golfers? Yeah, there's some golfers out there. Mulligans, how many mulligans do we get? It's a do-over, it's a, it's a new thing. So, you know, I love the idea that that we get do overs. We that, that it's a new thing. It's a it's new, and and uh, I, I'm so desperate for for new, uh, all the time in my life. I need a new start. I need a I need a new beginning. I need do overs throughout the day. Maybe you better. I need them not just in the morning. I I'm sometimes I need them ten minutes after the morning starts. I'm ready for a new. Uh, can I get a can I get a do over? And he's yeah sure let's go. So you know it's very important. So. So, you know, we start this idea with, you know, I enter into his throne room as a new creation because of what Jesus has done. I'm forgiven in him. I'm presentable in him. I'm acceptable in him. Because in Christ, I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That's my standing. That's our standing in Christ. Um, So we're, we're at work by the Holy Spirit, but justified in him already. Just as if we'd never sinned. He chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. So we're new. Everything's new. Then, when you come to Christ, it's a whole new thing, which is amazing. It's also about this whole sort of idea of living, really engaging in life. That's point number two. So it's a living. John 10.10, 10, if you've been here before, you've heard me. I spend a lot of time in this verse. The thief comes. That's, our, that's the enemy, the evil one, only to steal and kill and destroy Jesus said I have come that they may have life and have it to the full see all the time I'm talking about a full and abundant now and forever life that's available to us in Christ but we have an enemy very real enemy that doesn't want you to experience this full life this new life this living way he wants to try and keep you trapped in the opposite in the old and dead way. See, that's what you were experiencing apart from Christ. If there's a new living way in Him, it means there was an old dead way that you had had been involved in and that even when you come to Christ, the enemy will try and sneak that old dead way back on you all the time. He doesn't want you to experience the new living way, the full and abundant life that we can have in Christ. And so he, he will actually try and keep you focused on the old and dead way to get you to slip back into it. He, he'll, he'll get you caught in your guilt. He'll get you trapped in your shame. He likes to get you back in there following the rules again. You know, that, that's all that matters. And, you know, it's all performance-based. And he'll, he'll get you stuck in there so that you can not experience life. And, and, and he, he wants to keep you desperately from seeing yourself in Christ as a new creation. And and to keep you focused on your mess. You remember last week, if you were here, I said, you know, how Isaiah felt when he got into the into the very presence of God. And he's like, woe is me, I'm ruined. Because, you know, the, the holiness of God. And, and the angel came and touched the cold of his lips. And your sin is atoned for. And it was a picture of what happens to us in Christ. That we we can stand there. And it's not about our mess. It's about what he's done. But the enemy wants your focus on the old dead things. And not on the new living things, and so he he wants you to focus on your brokenness, and and your mess, and and try and keep you shamed, and in guilt, and and so you get stuck in your mess, or you get stuck in your past, or, or you know, with things that you've done, or things that have been done to you, in Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, it said, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. It's, it's the grace of God. And the enemy doesn't want you to know grace. He, he doesn't want you to know that you have life now in Christ. But, but I, I meet people all the time that get stuck in this whole process. They get stuck in their past. Or they get stuck in their guilt. Or they get stuck in their shame or they get stuck in their anger or they get stuck in their hurt and things that have happened to them. And, and their perspective of life is passed through an, an, an old, a series of old dead filters from, a, from an old dead way of living. And so they're, they're stuck in yesterday. They're stuck in all the bad things they've done. They're stuck in all the bad things that have happened to them. And they don't live this life that we're called to. And see, the, the thing is, you, you can't change any of the stuff that's happened to you or any of the things that you've done. You can't, you can't change any of those things. The only thing that, that we can learn perhaps from yesterday is that it, it hopefully will teach you to do things differently today. But you can't get stuck back there. It might be, it's a, it's a learning tool, and, and I hope that you get that, that we, we learn from from the mess, right? You go, oh, so, you know, and, and if, we're, if we're thinking, we'll go, well, if I do this, this happens and I don't like this, I think I'll do something different than this next time. That's what's supposed to happen. Unfortunately, we get trapped a lot of times and we keep doing the same silly thing, hoping there'll be a different result, which is the definition of insanity, as some of you know. <laughs> keep doing the same thing, hoping for a different result. doesn't work. If something, if you do something and the result is not good, That's what needs to be fixed. Do that differently. Well, see, that's what new life can do for us. This new living way means we we don't have to be stuck. We can learn from those things. Paul said this in Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, because we're in process, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind and straining towards what ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, listen, I'm not perfect, but I'm not going to live in what's behind. I'm going to press on to what God has called me to in Christ, and so my perspective is not behind. My perspective for life is found in Him. That's where we find life. Now, this, this, this perspective, this life, is found in doing things His way. His way. That's point number three. It's all about His way. It's a new living way. And so we're, we're new, and He's given us life, and now he, he wants us to do things His way. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind... And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is—His good, pleasing, and perfect will, His way, His will, not the culture's way, which is, you know, the. You understand we live in, in an age, in a time, in a culture, which is which is far more a reflection of the enemy than it than it is of of the living God. Um, but but because we live in the culture, we're we're, you know, we're pulled by the culture. So we need to be aware that there's a lot of things that are culturally okay that, that are, have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And so, um, you know, we, 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 we don't need to be trapped in guilt. We don't need to be trapped in shame or fear or worry. Isn't this a fearful and worried culture so much of the time? There's so many things that they want to be afraid of and worried about. It's very hard to to keep throne room perspective if you're just constantly bombarded by bad news, which is pretty much what the culture thrives on bad news so so we have we're able in Christ to have a throne room perspective we talked about that last last week and 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 we need that on what it means you know the full life of a disciple so so every day I can I can enter into the throne room, the glorious throne room of God. Like and we described it last week, you know, when I and the and the and the, the the seraphim and the and the cherubim and the seraphim and the, everything was happening and you know, we read in Revelation about the the elders and the angels and everyone is worshiping God and and it's beyond that and we have access to that whole situation in Christ. And 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 because, you know, in Christ, I'm a new creation. I belong there. We're, we all do. We're called to be a part of that entire process now and forever. And, and, and so, you know, we, we press in. We're, we're, we're at work, like it says. We're not conformed, um, but, you know, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. And he works in us and changes us so that we know what his will is. I said this last week. I'll say it again. Because the message of grace sometimes frightens people. Um, because they, they think, when, when you talk about grace, you're saying, Psh, don't, well, just do whatever you want to do. And, and it's not what grace is about. The reality is, when you get what God has done for you, and you really begin to, to understand grace, you're a new creation with access to the living God, that the stuff of the world loses its attraction. And, and, and it's not, oh, I'm, I have grace now, so I can go and do whatever I want to do. You're missing the point. You haven't figured it out. You haven't really got a hold of what's taking place. Because when you get a hold of what grace is, you don't want to go and do those things anymore. You want to live for him. You want to be transformed. You, you want to know what life looks like in him. You want to find his rest. You want to find his peace. You want to you move in this thing in his strength. You want your life to be a reflection of the kingdom, not of the culture. See, all that stuff happens in you. Not because you're trying to earn it or perform for it. Because that's where you're, you're centered. That's where your focus is, where life is so it's not something that we need to fear the understanding that we're forgiven and that we get grace and we get new starts and new beginnings doesn't cause us to go and sin more it has the opposite effect it causes us constantly to push into to want to do the next right thing that we talk about all the time we want to do it we won't always make it because we we, we still dealing with mess but that doesn't keep us out of the presence of God we mess up we go running back to our father Oops, and and he's. I got you, and I love you. And now let me empower you to go and do the next right thing. So that's the life that we have. There's nothing like it. Nothing compares to it. Never lose sight of it. Never let it become the mundane or the ordinary. You, you're children of the King. He's gone to the cross. He defeated death for you. He's filled you with His Spirit as believers, and He wants you to live for Him. And it's an amazing life. And and you know never settle for for less than than the constantly pressing into the presence of God because that's where you that's where you meet Him that's where you find Him and and that's where you find and experience life now and forever. You have you have an enemy who doesn't he, that's his whole thing is he doesn't want you to experience that life but I tell you God does and He's done everything possible for you to experience it now and forever. So keep. Keep memorizing now, all right? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, all right, that's happened now. Let me make sure I quote it exactly for you. Where'd it go? By a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. So learn that part today. By a new and living way this week, open for us through the curtain that is his body. Keep those things going together. And then we'll we'll talk about the next part next week. But that's good for today. If you're watching my video, thank you. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a place for prayer. We will pray for you. Come and visit us when you can. We will see you soon.